trying to get it together. For those who are tuning in for the first time, the overall mission of Save Sanctified and Still Trying to Get It Together is that wherever you are on your journey, getting to know Christ or making him your personal savior, when your intentions are pure, you are pleasing in God's eyes. Again, when your intentions are pure, that's P-U-R-E, you are pleasing in God's eyes. Now, before we get started, on what episode three is consisting of. Let's get into the tea, honey. Ashley is a fiance, okay? That name is about to get dropped. Hallelujah. Um, <laughs> let me not play with y'all. Um, I am so blessed. I do feel highly favored, and I'm glad that a man has found, findeth or foundeth. Yes, found a good thing in me, okay? Uh, I want to save a lot of what I have to say about my journey with my partner for another episode and get right into what we're going to be talking about today, which is this coin, which is this bag and how you can get it when you give back to God, period. And if you didn't catch what we're probably going to be talking about, it's tidying tithing in the church, to be a cheerful giver. And I know a lot of times we think of monetary things, but there are so many ways that we can give to God. It's so many ways that we can give back. It's so many ways that we can serve. And money is one of them, one of those things. So I say all that to say, uh, brought a sister on. She is a fellow social worker, a queen in her own right, a business owner, and she literally specializes in financial social work. Like she gets your whole life together and incorporates God at the top. Like it don't get no better than that. I've met her in person. Um, and I'm just so excited for you guys to get to know her, how I got to know her. So sit back, relax. Get your notebook, get your pen, get your pad, get your notes open if you're listening on your way to work. Just get ready because it's about to go down. I hope you enjoy. Peace. What's up, kings and queens? It is your girl, Ashley Denise. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Save, Sanctified, and Still Trying to Get It Together. I have a very special guest with me, another sister, because you know everything I do is pretty much blackity, black, black, black. Um, so I have another sister here with me, um, and we're going to be talking about tithing, and I feel like that's something that I've had conversations with my my peers, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We always trying to figure out if 
we we supposed to just shave a little off the top? Is it from our growth? Is it from our net? Well, today we're going to try to get some of those questions answered. Um, maybe give you guys a different perspective or figure out how to do it and start doing it. So without further ado, I'll allow my sister in Christ to go ahead and introduce herself. Tell us a little bit about what you do, what's your why, um, and then we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of why we're here today. All right. Hey, you guys. So my name is Danielle Bailey. I am a licensed clinical social worker here in the great state of Louisiana, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I am the proud owner of Currently Building Generational Wealth, LLC, as well as Freedom Therapy Center, um, LLC. I am a therapist at heart. That is my passion. That is what I'm called to do. That's my purpose. Um, I, I want to say about a couple, probably about two months ago, um, God wanted me to form Currently Building Generational Wealth. At first, it was just a brand, but he was like turning into a business. And, um, and with that whole business section about it, he was just like, I want you to teach people about finances, the financial literacy side of things. I want you to incorporate, you know, your therapy practice. And I also want you to incorporate me. That's how all three of us working together is going, people are going to win with money. So that's how currently built the generational wealth went from a brand to actual business. Um, so I talk all things um, behavioral health as well as financial therapy all in the same breath that's I think that's so dope and I don't know if a lot of people know that finances and like therapy if they can exist in the same mm -hmm. sentence and I remember so I met uh, Danielle at um, the Millennial Social Work Conference in March before the world blew up Right. Um, <laughs> like literally a week before the world blew up <laughs> and it was for me like I feel like that was the first moment where I was like wow like finances really do take an emotional toll on my mm -hmm. mind like even like drawing like my first like remembrance of like money and what it meant to me and so you guys are really in for a treat I know I felt like I was um and we're gonna put all the pieces together mental health the lord and this coin and how we're gonna maintain this coin come um, on because god does not want us broke like yo i am not that narrative i'm not that person god is absolutely does not, not. he does not. not so it's just like so when people be like oh i made it you know god paid and made a way for me to pay my light bill that right there is not necessarily a testimonial. <laughs> I mean, because God, his word says he shall supply all our needs. So that, that is a given. Pretty much, pretty much. He will put, supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. So he got the riches and he got the glory. Let's, right. Let's talk about it. He got it for us. Like <laughs> Right. We just have to do our part with managing our finances. And that's what we get in trouble with because we're not necessarily good stewards or good managers of it and it's not it's not our fault though because we was not taught mm -hmm. we was not taught the proper way to um handle finances either you were taught you know this is what you do financial therapy i mean not financial therapy but financial literacy 
this is how you manage your money. Or either you watch your parents or whomever your guardian, you watch them handle money. You watch them go from payday loan to payday loan, paycheck to paycheck, mm -hmm. you know, paycheck to Tuesday in some cases. And you watch that and that's what you learn. So it's yeah. like, it's not necessarily our fault that we are not great um, with money right now, but it's our, it's our job and our, our duty to educate ourselves on it. Absolutely. I think the first, the, I think it's important for everybody to like, everybody who's listening to like understand like your journey with tithing and your relationship with God as it relates to tithes, because I know sometimes, and then you can um, let me know, has, has anybody come to you and say, um, okay, I just need to pay my bills. And then when you mention tithes, they're like, well, we can take a break off of that. Like, do you find that people compromise their tithes? Um, and how has like tithing for you played a role in like your blessings or your financial management, if that makes sense? Mm -hmm. So like, that's the first thing that I do when I talk about the whole financial therapy side of things and um, meet with people and we start working on this stuff. Like I, in a, in a initiating packet, look, we're going to talk about God. We're going to talk about tithing. If this is something that you do not want to do, let me know. And we won't. But in order for you to be successful with your finances, you have to include tithing in mm. it. And so, um, so people are just like, okay. And so, you know, I do pray before every meeting. And I pray before and I pray afterwards because um, it's like, I really need to, I, we really need God to help us. So that's why I ended with prayer. Like whatever we end, whatever we talked about, God, allow it to, um, to come back to our remembrance and allow us to put the skills in place and stuff like that. And he has, it, it's been great or whatever. So I've never had nobody just say no completely to paying tithes. I think that people are like, let's ease into it. Uh -huh. And then you have paying um, so for me, tithing is everything. Tithing is um, what has got me to where I'm at today. Um, I remember when I was, when I first started tithing, I was just like, okay, like, you know, what do I do? How do I do this or whatever? Nobody really taught me. And then, you know, then you had those people like you tied off your growth or either you tied off your network. And I was just like, okay. So I figured it out, and my thing was your heart posture. Mm. What is your heart posture like towards God? And it doesn't matter if you tied off your gross or if you tied off your network. As long as your heart posture is with him and saying, God, I give you this. Like, I give you a tenth of my finances. He don't care if it's a gross or, or, or um, net. Like, he doesn't care. And I think that we get hung up on it. Because we, well, what you tied off of, you know, what do you tithe and all that other kind of stuff. God is like, I want your heart. I want to see if you trust me enough by giving and give me the 10%. I think, I think that's important too, because I feel like I'm thinking of the scripture, like be a cheerful giver because, um, no shade. I'll be in church sometimes and I'll be giving my 10%. And then I look at somebody's envelope, which y'all supposed to be minding my business. And I'm like, why y'all, I'm over here. I'm like, Jesus, I'm over here giving this. And she about to give you $10. And I know, I know there's more. And I, I, I want to talk about like, how do you, I mean, like, how do you determine your heart's posture? Or like, am I now not a cheerful giver? Because I looked at this envelope 
and it said $10 and now I'm consulting with Jesus about my 10% that came from the top of my, my paycheck. I think that right there is, again, you know, we are social worker individualized. Everybody got their own journey that they're doing with God and stuff like that. And so like, like maybe for them, that's the best that they can. Maybe that is their heart posture. You know, you, we never know what the next person is going through. And so I just remind myself is, is that like, cause I know a lot of people like, well, the church is going, you know, the past, they're going to give it to the pastor. The pastor going to do this. And I tell myself and I tell everybody, it is not my responsibility to care what the church do with the tithe. As long as I give, that's what I, that's what I'm responsible for. What they do with it, they got to stand before God and right. give account to it. So I have to remind myself that, like, yo, you got to do what you got to do. Don't worry about so-and-so. Don't worry about what they doing. And I had one woman come to me one time. And, like, this is where I end up having to check sis in church. She mm-hmm. came to me and she was like, I see you pay your tithes. You paying your tithes. That ain't got nothing to do with you, <laughs> first of all. That ain't got nothing to do with you and what I'm like. I was just like, ma'am, that's none of your business about what I do and how I give or whatever. Are you and like, and I was just like, you make sure you're giving, but like, it's your heart posture towards God, you know, being a cheerful giver and not looking at the next person because you don't know their backstory. And I know that for a long time, my mom. That good. No, she had the money. That good would get $10 every Sunday. That's it. She's not giving nothing else. Okay? She ain't giving nothing. And I'm like, girl, you know you need to get more than that. And so, like, finally, over the years, she has started to increase. I mean, she's not giving full yet, but y'all, she get, she get more than $10. Okay? She on her way. She on her way. <laughs> she, on, she on her way, but you got to, you know, and remember that sometimes people operate from a scarcity mindset and they don't know where their next money is coming from. So they, we try to hold on to it as tight as we can. And a lot of people, I want to say that the baby boomers have that mindset mm. because of the time that they grew up and how they lost stuff and how money was not, how they did not make enough money, you know, to, um, to feed their families and stuff like that. So we got to take all that into consideration. But again, I say, remember, you're only accountable for yourself that's and nobody it. else. Yeah, I think that's really important, too. Like, one thing that I always stress is, well, something that I had to tell myself in the, like, beginning stages of my journey with Christ was, like, my journey is legitimately kind of like DNA. Like, it's nobody else is going to have my story. Nobody else is going to have... Uh, my pain, we may have similar things, like if we both lost somebody, but how we processed it, how we consulted God about it, what we decided to do after that, all of that is different. And so like, I do think that while it's a hard thing to understand, um, it is a very real place that is like, even though if I know you got it, like maybe I need to be like, Lord, uh, pray on my Pray on my, like, give me um, patience or something to mind my business. That's what I need the Lord to do. <laughs> <laughs> mind my business, I just, I'm sick and tired of being concerned about the next person. Um, and that's a fleshy thing that I, that I struggle with. Yeah. Um, so even though I say out of my mouth, it's just like, not the same. Like, I just don't, it don't match up, if that makes sense. 
like I'm glad and I'm glad at the fact that you are you acknowledge the way that you feel like we try to suppress it sometimes and it's just like no acknowledge it and then it's like it's not it's not the fact that the thoughts and stuff won't come but it's your action after the thought come what begins to be the problem so if although you have that thought you know like look at her she over there she ain't paying her tithes uh, and she need to do better and then you be like god you know what forgive me <laughs> you know <laughs> help your girl out and so but you know if you was to have a negative reaction and be like you know why you ain't paying your tithes going and ask her about her business and all this other kind of stuff or stop paying your tithes because of her that where the problem begins to come we can't stop these thoughts because we're it's, like you said it's flesh but what we can control is our reaction mm-hmm Mm-hmm. That's definitely true. Um, I'm excited to. Well, I, y'all don't y'all don't know yet, and Danielle don't know yet. But I'm I'm getting myself together to start. Uh, currently build some generational wealth for myself, so I have to reach oh. out to you. Um, but one thing that I was thinking about, because I'm thinking I'm thinking about my debt right now in my mind, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I I feel like I always kind of did like that miraculous mystical thinking where I'm like, I'm going to give my 10% and I don't care if I don't have nothing left in the bank because God's going to make a way for my next paycheck. And just, mm-hmm. you know, under, like listening to you and following you and understanding, I know that's, that's not how God wants me to live. He doesn't want me to be like, here's my tithes and now I don't have nothing else for the rest of the week. Or like if I pay my tithes and all this other stuff and I'm broke, and I'm struggling and I'm borrowing from Peter and Paul, that's how God wants it for me. And so what are some ways that like your program or your business um, helps us to get out of that mystical mindset of like, as long as I tithe, um, God is going to make a way for me to be able to cancel my debt, even if I'm going to be like struggling with no money and all this stuff like that. Now, the thing is with that or whatever, for how I help people is that like we got to first make a budget again God has given us enough especially if you are a working person okay you're able to work and things of that nature so like you it depends on your budget like and so I help people understand their budget and stuff like that and I help people start trying to cut back and cut things or whatever as best as you can when you start this whole journey you have to make sacrifices and you have to work like people don't want to work they want it easy and stuff like that even the bible said faith without faith without works is dead we quote it all the time but we do not put in the work so what i do i help people understand that you know like we're going to pay your tithe like we're going to first of all your structure your budget is so important let me say that the reason why it's so important is because of the simple fact is you cannot pay for your credit card before you have food so like when i teach you or whatever i teach you the structure of your budget i teach you about paying your tithes first you know paying it i call it the four walls you have to and and i would say not this i didn't come up with it the four walls but um dave dave ramsey did but the four walls, you got to make sure you got food, shelter, transportation, and um, what's, I always draw a blank on the last one. Food, clothing, shelter, transportation. You yeah. got food, it. Clo- it was clothing. That's it. It was clothing. Food, clothing, shelter, and transportation. Mm-hmm. So, like, those are the four walls that must be taken care of 
And before you address those four walls, you got to put your tithes at the top. And then after you address that, the tithe, you address these four walls, and then you go down your budget after that. And if you don't have enough money, the people at the bottom just don't get paid until you make enough money or whatever. But it's super duper important. Again, the Bible says God shall supply all our needs. He gave you a job. You are working, but you are putting your money elsewhere and you're not necessarily doing it in order. So the structure of your budget is so important. And that's what I get people to understand. And it's just like, you know, once you get that budget under control, then you're going to, you really got to start working and making the sacrifice. If you have overspent yourself or if you have wanted too much thing, too many things like out of greed and stuff like that, well then it's your job to fix that. Mm-hmm. It sounds so, you know, I'm listening to you and it sounds so easy. Like I always get super motivated when I hear like, you know, talks about budgets and stuff like that. And then my check comes and like literally every time my check comes, I make a list. And the things that are at the top of my list is just like, is only two of the walls. I only have, uh, well, no, it's, it's the tides. And then I have uh, shelter. Like I make sure like those two things are good. And then like, I just, I'm not a cook. So it's like, you know, like I'm, I'm eating, I'm eating out. Like I'll, I'll figure it out that way. I try, but it's like, nah. So it sounds so, it sounds so easy. And I'm trying to like, maybe assess myself right now and figure out like what's stopping me from uh, fully committing to like tiding, creating my four walls and living my best life. So like, do you find that people like, Gets, like, are people successful? Do you ever see people who kind of, like, don't, like, make it all the way through your program? Or, like, right, what right. Is, like, what is that like, that journey? It's like, okay, so it's, it's going to take you three months to get your budget to, you know, some type of um, consistency where you're able to really and truly follow it. So in the beginning, you're going to struggle. One to two months, like, we still trying to tweak it. We still trying to... Um, Tweak it, get it together and stuff like that. So the first three months, yeah, we working on that or whatever. But like, I want people to understand that budgeting is not a restriction. Like I'm not trying to stop you from doing the things that you want to do. What I'm trying to do is help you organize it and put a price on the side. So like you said, you don't like to cook. Okay, fine. You don't like to cook. Put a certain amount of money in your budget for food. And you, it's your job to stick within that amount, you know? So if you want to say you got $100 or $150 for the next two weeks, what's this? You eat now, you better make sure you got meals within this $150. Like, I'm not telling you not to eat out. But what I am telling you is put that $150 to the side. And when you go and eat, you use that money. And so you have food still taken care of. So it's, it's like you have to, what the, what I do is help you understand like, yo, some of the stuff that you're trying to do, like, I'm not trying to stop you from it, but let's give a dollar to it. Let's give a name to it and um, let's work it from there. Yeah. I've definitely heard that before too. Like every dollar has a, every dollar has a place. Yeah. Um, so I, I've definitely heard that system i'm gonna get my life together like and i hope that somebody that's listening right now is like 
ready to get it together because we all gonna be getting it together together. Um, and I mean, I want to make sure I say this, like, it took me a while, too, to get my life together when it's finances, and, and truth be told, some days I'll be like, girl, mm. I don't want to see this, like, I am tired of this, okay, I'm tired, I'm tired of this, I'm tired of it, Jesus, time out, can we get something else, but, you know, I have that moment, and I just get back on course, you know, like, it's because as this journey go on, like, it's your journey, and I take vacation. Dave Ramsey teach people not to take vacation while you're um while you're in debt. I, I that's not my life. So like <laughs> it's, it's it's how you do it. Like I like I said, I'm not trying to restrict you from doing anything that you're that you want to do. But you do know we have to give up some stuff if you want to tackle your debt. We have to give up some stuff in order to to make it work. But it's only temporary, right? sacrifice is definitely important when it comes to getting it together um and like you said like a lot of things are a lot of things that we do um is like temporary moments to serve like a bigger or a greater reward um and i say that i say that a lot also um about the journey like the journey is not easy when God said pick up your cross he wasn't picking up a cross and like chilling like it was like just like a rosary in his hand like it was a physical cross that he had to carry and when we think about the weight it's like that's a lot but the reward was all of us being able to be here and like get it together and his grace always being there when we're still getting it together and so like our sacrifices are in fact, you know, temporary, temporary things, temporary things to get us to where God wants us to be, which is in the likeness of him. Um, so this is, this, this was full for me. Uh, like I said, y'all, I really, I really do plan on, um, reaching out to Daniel and getting my life together. And I hope that somebody else plans on doing that. Um, so I want to like, my last question, um, I think, um, and then you could just tell everybody where they can find, um, you Mm -hmm. and your beautiful face and your beautiful movement. Um, the last question is what advice, uh, would you give people who are struggling with tithing, um, while managing their debt or bill obligations? So you kind of answered that, but I want to, I want to like kind of tweak it and say like, what advice do you have to the person who's thinking about coming to you and getting like getting their life together, but is kind of hesitant? Like, what advice would you give them to kind of encourage them? Okay, um, I will. I will first say this: um, you must pray about it. Of course, go to God in prayer um, and stuff like that, so that you can make sure that you are moving in the right way. But if you are struggling with your finances, and you're not you're not like you barely having enough of whatever like like let's say for instance um like social people does on social security and stuff like that my thing is do what you can start making start moving like as long as you're moving you can make some leeway but if you just stuck still laying down like you're not going to make anything like this finances journey you can conquer that but you have to get up you cannot lay down 
and just think that it's going to, I'm going to pray about it. And it's just going to be this magical, mystical being mm-hmm. that when I wake up, everything is going to be okay. No, God wants you to work, get up, work and fight for your life, fight for your finances, fight for, you know, your family, fight for, to leave the generational wealth behind to your family. And if you are parents, it is so important that you sit down and you teach your children this. Like, again, remember, they're going to learn. They're going to learn the correct way or they're going to learn the incorrect way because they see what you're doing and they're going to, oh, mama did it, so it's okay. So, like, it's even more important to get your stuff in order so that you can sit down and you can teach your kids about the importance of finances. That's the only way we're going to leave generational wealth behind. And for me, like when I say that the whole currently building generational wealth, like I literally am currently in the moment of building generational wealth and wealth just isn't about finances. Wealth is about physical health. Wealth is about mental stability. Mm -hmm. Like all of these things that I'm currently building that we need to pass on to our children's children that we need to have. And it is so important that we get up and we fight, and we do the work, like, it's gonna be hard, it's, I'm not gonna lie to you, I will not lie to you, it's gonna be hard, Mm -hmm. but you can't make it, the journey is temporary, the, like, that's what we got to remember, the journey is temporary, but the long-lasting effects of generational wealth, it, it outlasts this temporariness that you're going through, the temporary feeling that you're having, the generational wealth is, is the, is the end goal, Woo, come through with the word. Come on. I'll be trying sometime. He's like, ooh, come on, Jesus. <laughs> the word right there. Um, and just to close us out, just let us know where we can find you, um, social media wise and things of that nature. All right. So social media wise. Um, on IG, I am going by the, at the Millennial Money Therapist on IG. Um, I have a couple of things, y'all, that I need y'all to follow me on. Um, at IG, at the Millennial Money Therapist. On YouTube, I am Danielle Bailey, LCSW. And I also do have a podcast called Southern Therapy Podcast. Yes. So, y'all going over there, follow me, and, um... And be on the lookout for some stuff. Like, I plan on trying to, like, really take the currently built generational wealth brand, like, to to different heights and stuff. Yes. Well, thank you so much um, for coming on with your wealth of knowledge um, and basically letting us know how to get it together with you. If you guys were not listening to where you need to find this queen, I need you to take your finger and drag it back because I'm not going to make her repeat it again. Uh, (laughs) But thank you so much for uh, tuning in to another episode. I hope that this touched somebody today. Um, And I want you guys to share it. We all trying to get it together. And that does always include um, God. Cause without him, ain't nothing happening, and that's on him. Um, he saw.